one time we may need very individualistic and aggressive people. At another time, we may need very cooperative, teamworking people. At another time, we may need people who are full of interest in dexterous manipulation of the external world. At another time, we may need people who explore into their own psychology and are introspective. Well, I could listen to Alan Watts' voice all day long. No, no. Uh, I think we better get going with this good old podcast. Welcome back, Terry from Line, Flying Enlightenment, episode number 10 for the online stuff and something like 13 uh, for what we've actually done live in studio. So we've got a full house today. We've got Christo, our, our main man. We've got Char. Hello. We've got Sean, our, our resident philosopher who comes out with the, the, the sceptical questions, which we all love. Hi. And we've got a special guest, Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Chambers, who is here to Hello tell us there. about his life and his... Uh, all his business practices, and uh, we're excited to find out what Lloyd is doing with his life. Um, let's go straight into that, Lloyd. You were over in Las Vegas recently gambling, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, you can you can never get enough gambling in. <laughs> no, well, what it was is um, I have a business where we share one of the world's number one superfoods. So it's a medicinal mushroom from the mountains of China. As we all know, the Chinese know a little bit about uh, natural medicine as they invented it. So they ranked as number one in the world for healing the human body, right? So I partnered with a company. I have a franchise, online franchise. This is the way the world is going these days. Bricks and mortar is is over. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly expensive. Eight out of ten people fail. So I'd rather fail with a low investment than a high investment. That's a that good plan, sense. I think, yeah. So, uh, so with that, they had an idea to put that inside the number one habit on planet Earth, which just so happens to be coffee, which most of us are drinking right now. Okay. And therefore, normally coffee is acidic. Yeah. So you drink a cup of coffee and you feel great for a little while mm -hmm. and you have a crash. Mm -hmm. That's that's my life. That's right, me right. avoiding we coffee. We were talking about this stuff. earlier, right? Yeah, I drank coffee for years and then I just I kind of put two, two, two and two together that I was having that exact experience. Real good feeling for an hour mm -hmm. and then kind of a really low kind of anxiety feeling for about six hours. And I just... Wow. The, the plus wasn't worth the minus for me. Right, yeah. right. And did you get heart palpitations, shakes, and you know? Yeah, but but only if I hadn't had a coffee in a while. If I if I was drinking coffee regularly, I would have the 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 good feelings for again for about an hour where I'd be quite productive, be able to focus, be very creative, and wow. then I wouldn't get the jitters afterwards. But I would just get a, a, a strong feeling in my chest uh, of just discontent, wow. and it wasn't okay. it was I couldn't focus it on anything. And so I realized after years of it, because I just thought, oh, man, I'm just anxious about life. I must be worried about everything. Uh -huh. But then later I realized, actually, the worry in my mind is coming from the feeling in my body, not the other way around. Right. right. And so now I've, I've been able to kind of go, OK, if there's this feeling in my chest, I've probably ingested something that's that's making me feel this way. And I just need to fucking chill and let it pass. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's my experience with coffee. But if you can tell me about coffee, that's not going to make me feel like that. Bang it. I'm back on that train. Right. Right. Because <laughs> you see, the thing about it is, is People love coffee. Yeah. Mm. So I went into a coffee shop recently and there's a thing on the wall and it says, you can tell, I drink my coffee from a clear mug so you can tell my level of, um, of, yeah, well, look at this, it's, uh, it's, it's escaping me right now, uh, of tolerance. Yeah. That's the word I'm thinking of. So in other words, I can't, it's a necessity. So literally that person can't survive without coffee and it, it, it dictates how well they're feeling. So, People see coffee as a necessity in the morning 
And I suppose how many coffee drinkers, you know, who forget to drink their coffee? Not Not many. It doesn't happen. (laughs) And so everyone I tell about this, they say, you mean I can drink coffee again? This is great. So, Mm. you know, we've shared this with lots of people around the world. There's lots of people drink it. So Manny Pacquiao, for example, Mm. gets heart palpitations drinking normal coffee. Somebody was intelligent enough to give it to Manny and say, hey, Manny, this won't give you heart palpitations. And he's like, I don't believe you. Right. Mm. We're Irish, right? So we're skeptical as well, right? Mm. So Manny was Manny was pretty skeptical, and he said, "Okay, well, let me try it." Yeah. So it takes a little sip. He said, "Wow, I think I still feel okay." Takes another sip, another sip. He's like, "Wow, this is like normal coffee. This is the way I used to feel when I drank coffee before, mm. right?" Mm. He has four cups, hits the bags like four cups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he liked it. Yeah, he liked it that much. So, but then he, he had a great pad session. Yeah. So he rings the guy afterwards, and he says. What the hell was in that coffee? Mm. And he said, well, it's Man. something we can help a lot of people in the Philippines with. That's mm. what it is. So the um, reishi is known in China. It's called ling chi. Mm. So you ask a Chinese person, they know it's a national treasure. They mm. rever- revere it more than gold and silver. They've got statues of the emperors with 20-foot statues or 50-foot statues of 20-foot reishi. Mm. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. they they recognise it. Yeah, no, I've, I I used to take, I still take a mushroom complex, right. and, and, and reishi's in it. So brilliant, I'm brilliant. aware of the immune system benefits and, and a lot of different mm. things, but not specifically reishi, but just the mushroom complex in, in right, general. Right. So I know how powerful they can be. So you're a fan of Paul Stamets? Yeah, big time. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. So he's got a book called Medical Mycology. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm assuming you guys have delved into uh, at least a little bit. So there are 24 conditions that that medicinal mushrooms act. Uh, to improve in the body, okay? And 23 of them are worked on by Reishi. The next one is something called Cordyceps, mm. uh, which is a very weird mushroom. By the way, way it looks. Yeah. The way it grows. It grows on caterpillars inside them. Yeah, yeah and I've seen and I heard about this. It yeah. grows out of the head or something. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. dark, man. It's I have dark. like a special interest in Cordyceps um, just from being... As from working as a physio, okay, that's the new mushroom that's being put into a drug called Jelenia, right. which works on MS, right? Um, right, but they're charging like four thousand a month or something oh, for course. this drug. Of course, they are. Yeah, yeah. the it's, healthier it's, humans come, become right, right. the worse off the caterpillars are. Exactly. Fuck those caterpillars! We're <laughs> <laughs> all for the humans. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting. Cordyceps is the other one. Yeah, it's the second one, right? Mm. So, so there's reishi. And then there's Reishi with a capital R. Okay, so I'm going to explain what I mean by that. You can go down to your local shop. I'm not going to mention any names or anything. But on, on the high street, your health food store, and you get Reishi. Mm-hmm. But it's like tincture of Reishi or mm. smell of Reishi or whatever, right? <laughs> and then you've got organic Reishi, but it's grown in a bag. But they don't use pesticides and herbicides. Why? Because mushrooms don't need them. Mm. And they call that organic. Mm. That's not organic either. So, obviously, Mother Nature, we're in business with Mother Nature. It's, what, 32 billion years of success, I think I'll go with her, right? So, mushrooms have three parts. They have the part under the ground, which is called mycelium, Mm -hmm. which is basically like their central nervous system. So, if you look at a picture of us, where you're only shown the central nervous system, it looks like roots, Mm -hmm. right? And it looks really weird if you've ever seen it, right? Yeah. And so it's exactly the same with a mushroom, and that's how they communicate through the forest floor, to how all nature communicates in cooperation, mutual aid, all that sort of stuff. And it also acts on the body in a similar way. So it nurtures the immune system, the central nervous system, nourishes the brain, and so on, right? Then there's the flowering body, 
of uh, of a mushroom mm-hmm. and then there's the spores which are the reproductive part which obviously yeah. are the powerhouse of the mushroom so similarly with with reishi the mycelium grow in the first 12 days uh, and then you have the spores which happen around at about 28 weeks mm-hmm. but they only happen in when they grow in the natural environment so mm-hmm. when they grow as they were traditionally grown in china so uh, the company have a exclusivity agreement with the Chinese government, who I think we can agree aren't going out of uh, business anytime mm-hmm. soon. Um, and they have that certified organic 100% uh, and USDA certified, etc. So with that, you put that inside a coffee and you'll find that the direct. effects that you expect to get from coffee, such as a high and a crash, mm-hmm. jittered shakes, heart palpitations, flip your stomach, it's based on it being acidic. Reishi is the most alkaline superfood found in nature. So when you put that inside, it makes the coffee an alkaline coffee. So people notice sustained energy release. There is caffeine in it, mm. but it's been released over a longer period of time, and mm. it's it's being detoxed. Mm-hmm. So there's a raise in in uh, in oxygen in the blood. The the liver and kidneys are flushing at the same time with uh, with the uh, there's loads of phytonutrients, antioxidants, all that sort of stuff. So you're drinking coffee, but you're feeling healthier with every sip. Mm. That's the idea. Where, where will we get some of this stuff? You can get it from me, or yeah. you can get it from my website. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and what's the website? The website is changethelens. L-E-N-S. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. myorganogold.com. It's very long. Yeah. But, uh, changethelens.myorganogold.com. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll put it so, on the links. Yeah, Crystal we can have all sorted out. I said yeah, we, we as a five, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal, sort that out. <laughs> just, it's just as a side, um, or a question, just with ratio in general. If it wasn't in coffee and you were taking it as a, a supplement, because mm-hmm. it's highly alkaline, mm-hmm. there's... It's it's said that if we're in high high states of stress all the time, that our pH is is more acidic, right? And as a result, has detrimental effects on the body and the immune system. Right. So surely, then, if you're putting alkaline reishi mushroom into it, it's probably trying to neutralize, right, within your body. You probably don't know the answer to that, but I assume it's good for that. It most certainly is. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we have a group with ten thousand people in it, drinking it every day, who mm-hmm. got some incredible health coincidences. Oh, in so because of the fact. When you have a natural substance, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it does something or not, you're not allowed to make a health claim. Right. It's particularly when it's true, ironically. You know? <laughs> um, when it actually does work. Right, right. <laughs> Can we make I, money off this from, from making it into a pill? No, well, then you're not allowed to talk about it. Right. <laughs> so basically the way it works is if you get something in nature mm-hmm. and you can split it up into its constituent parts, establish which parts do what, then change it into a synthetic uh, version, Mm -hmm. bang it back together in a different configuration. You can put a name on it and you can sell it and say it does anything based on clinical trials, obviously. It's the same with psilocybin if you're trying to use that with magic mushrooms. It's basically, yeah, okay, we're administering psilocybin in a a, uh, clinical setting Mm -hmm. instead of just giving them goddamn mushrooms. (laughs) psilocybin. And and that has other things in it that's probably not just psilocybin that probably benefits the experience. Of course. So anytime we try and scientize things, it tends to like take away from it rather than... It ruins it. It It does, it does indeed, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so to answer that, when you take apart something reishi works better when it's on uh, as it is naturally yeah, so you take it apart it doesn't work as well so they've done clinical trials 3674 clinical trials on 
Reishi and by its two other names, which is Ganoderma and Ling Chi. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how many between all of them in something called PubMed. Yeah. Hmm. So PubMed is where Too all the medical literature is being published. <laughs> now, to be fair, not everything that's published in PubMed no. is legitimate no, it's not. or done by people who know what they're doing. But mm-hmm. you don't have 3,763 that are all incorrect, mm-hmm. realistically. Course, right? Yeah. And they're all proven that there's no interactions with any other medication mm-hmm. and that there's no side effects mm-hmm. without ex- uh, um, exclusion. Okay. So, for example, people who are ta- doing chemo, yeah, they have zero changes in their liver mm-hmm. and kidneys doing chemo while consuming. Wow. There's, there's tons and tons of that. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. you still can't you say. Still can't say it. But, so yeah. it's bizarre. It's, it's, it's like really the turkey tail mushroom as well. It was trialed. Paul Stamos trialed that with his right. mother. I don't know right. if you read that. Right. She had terminal cancer at the age of eighty-three. They were doing turkey tail mushrooms with, combined with chemo. Right. And. Uh, kept her immune system up. It kept her immune system up during the treatment and right. she fought the cancer and she's still alive. Right. Well, she was basically terminal. She was going to die like. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. And if if you have a look in that group, you're going to notice because we have quite a few things like that. Yeah. Now, we're not going to go into them on the radio, but you're welcome to yeah, check absolutely. them out. Yeah. People can now fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Disclaimer, I can't prove that. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you... From the ground up? <laughs> Sorry? From the ground up. From the ground up, exactly. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you uh, about, it's gone out of my head now, but the book's in front of me, so I'll ask you about that. So you have a book here, Visualisation to Realisation. What was the, first of all, inspiration to write it? And secondly, what's the content and, and, and how has it been received and everything else? Right, okay. Well, it's been received very well, from what I can gather, based on the people that are communicating with me about it. I also, we also have a course as well where we teach people essentially how to find their life's purpose. There's lots of people out there that will tell you how to establish a goal. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go after a goal and you have belief and faith uh, that you can achieve your goals, right? as long as you emotionally connect to them. However, what happens when you hit your goal? Mm-hmm. You just stand around in a field going, okay, great, so I'm here now. Mm-hmm. Now what? And right? sad. Yeah. Because you want a new goal. Right, right, right. <laughs> think if, if people don't believe that, then just look at a million different people. Let's say Avicii. Well, like superstar yeah. living the lifestyle. No, I'm depressed. What about the, the most recent one, Flint? Yeah, Flint. Prodigy, you know. What? There's two ways him? to. You killed himself. When? The other day. Over the weekend. I didn't know him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I loved yeah. him. Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a performer. So, what age was he? Like, 49. 49, yeah. Right. There's, there's two ways to be unhappy to get what you want and to not get, what, not you get what you want. So, like, if you get what you want. <laughs> You're going to, like, necessarily then you're like, oh, I'm still unhappy. So what is the fundamental thing that's actually making me happy? And if, unless you figure that out, then you'll, chase, you'll spend your life chasing goals that you didn't, that aren't going to actually bring you what you're looking for, which you might think is money because you might think more money will make you happy, but that may not be the case either. Anyway, I'm taking over. Go ahead. Yeah, the thing, it's an interesting topic because in Ireland we have a very unhealthy relationship with the concept of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... I think the world has. Particularly in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... It's lonely at the top, says who? I'm, I'm like, I mean, we hear this. These are like, uh, uh, I can't think of the Talk word. About mega rich, them. is it? No, just just the concept that it's lonely at the top. Mm. Money is the root of all evil. Mm. It's easier to get a camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. Yeah, we hear all these things, and you can probably finish these for me. Mm-hmm. 
But that doesn't make them true. No, no, absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with money or having money or, or earning money, but just if you're looking for that to be the thing that makes you happy, that's exactly. where you're going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But if you have happiness without it, you're going to have happiness with it. Right. So, my God. <laughs> like, we, were, we were talking about this. It's yeah. like a magnifier. Yeah. Yes. If you're an asshole, you're going to be a serious asshole. Serious <laughs> asshole. But if you're a nice person, it gives you more ways mm. to help people. Look at, look at um, Musk. Like the guy just wants to innovate and help society run itself better. And then there's someone like Trump who just wants to be an egotistical <laughs> maniac. So, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, when we're talking about intelligent people doing things intentionally, I don't know if the second person there qualifies. But <laughs> that's, I know. that's stupid. Stu- Eckhart Tolle says it in his book, stupid intelligence or intelligence and stupidity combined. I think that's right, what he says. Right, yeah. Yeah. See, the thing about it is, is that people assume that you need to know more to do more, but it's just not true. Mm. So you can go get more qualifications, you mm-hmm. get more degrees, but everyone else is getting more degrees. So yeah. then you end up in the same place anyway. Whereas I was thinking about this, I did a degree in anthropology mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago now. And I remember thinking at the time, like, what did I do that for? Like, why do I get it? What the hell do I get out of this? Like, it I seems to me that the people who get degrees in anthropology tend to be really interesting people, though. Like, yeah. it's like um, Graham Hancock, I think, is an anthropologist. Uh, who else is working with him? Um, oh, the, the, the Randall? Yeah, Randall Carson is an anthropologist. And I can't think of some other people, but it seems to be interesting people study anthropology so maybe that's why you did it because you're interesting right? possibly possibly <laughs> it was very good very handy at parties I'll give you that but <laughs> did you know <laughs> but no the, the thing about it is, is that I realised subsequently right so I travel off around the world I was teaching English as a foreign language in Thailand in Greece in Spain France all over the place and also here in Ireland and then, then the recession happened uh-huh. And it happened to everybody. Yeah. So a lot of people actually had made business before the recession. Everything went pear-shaped. And now they have not gone back into business because they thought it was their fault. Right? Yeah. Which is interesting. Because yeah. it's about fear. Mm. And you make your decisions out of fear or yeah. love. You can't do both, right? So <clears throat> I came back to Ireland and I was looking in the newspaper. We used to look in newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, well, where am I going to get a job? Because yeah. there isn't any. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not only am I not going to get a good job, but I'm not qualified for it anyway because I've got a degree in anthropology. Yeah. <laughs> so it essentially makes me unqualified for almost every job. And when you go into a job where the person interviewing you doesn't know what your degree is, mm. they feel uncomfortable and also don't give you the job because mm. they think you want your they want you mm. want their job, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so it's a bit of a bit of a torn uh, mm. you know edge. So anyway, <clears throat> so I got a job. And it said in the in, in, in the line, opportunity. I was like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because I thought... Pyramid that, scheme. Right, that means I'm not going to get paid. It's going to be commission only. This is not good, right? So little did I realize that was just me being small-minded and also entitled and lazy because I'm a millennial. Right? I'm sure you guys can, <laughs> you can relate. No doubt, right? So, so I ended up going door-to-door selling makeup in Dundalk, okay. Now, I'm not against Dundalk, but the place, part of Dundalk where we were walking around wasn't the nicest part. I've heard it's a shithole. Sorry, Dundalk people. I don't know <laughs> what Dundalk is like, but I've heard it's a shithole. Right, yeah, well, this part of it most certainly was, <laughs> right? So, I'm not saying you're a shithole. I've never been there, by I the remember, way. Just I remember sitting heard. down at, at lunchtime and he showed me, look, you've got an opportunity to build a team and run an office. 
And I said, well, I don't have any other options right now. I don't have any <laughs> opportunities. I have no options. And you just made 160 euro wandering around talking to people. I can do that. So you just sold your body. All right. <laughs> More sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll, be, I'll bring it back I apologize Go okay. so, so what's interesting is is that because he'd seen some success at it, I said I'll give it a shot 8 months later I had a, an office in Waterford 25 people working for me and was making 2 grand a week nice in ni- t- 2009 while everyone else was whinging about the economy right mm. so that was interesting what was that? That was that was with with the same same business you were. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We we moved on to uh, applications, mm-hmm. so we we launched Airtricity in Ireland. Ah. So at the time, nobody knew what it was. I had to explain to people what a wind turbine was. I had to answer questions about whether they kill pigeons and all this sort of crazy stuff. Was and it a Cobra group by any chance? Or no, no. It was with something called Per Diem. Okay. Which means per day in life, any of you guys Latin scholars in here. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> because you used to get paid per day, mm. right? And so, um, anyway, so I ended up then three and a half years, built a lot of door-to-door sales companies. And I realized that being an anthropologist meant that I could see underlying structures to things, including conversations, mm. including yeah. how to converse with people to get a desired result. Very interesting. Yeah. Which I had no idea that it would apply yeah, yeah, which was kind of interesting. Right? It's funny now. Just sorry to interrupt you, but similar story. But just from my own psychological studies, not in UCD, but I see the underlying motivations for conversations, not the structure. But it's like if someone says a specific thing to me, mm-hmm. without me like trying to analyze it, I'm kind of seeing why they said that to me. Like I was working in St John of God's Hospital there uh, last week, and someone was just. As soon as they came into the room, they wanted to tell me all of the amazing things they had been doing, but not not in a in a. Again, this is all about the the context of it. But she was bipolar, and she just wanted to feel like she was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And so the reason she was telling me all this is because she didn't feel like if if she couldn't tell people about how successful she had been in certain areas of her life, then she didn't feel worthwhile. Right, she feel so judged. In her yeah, yes, yeah. so I can pick up on those little things subconsciously, which kind of is somewhat annoying because you can't just have a conversation where you're just not considering these things in your mind. But anyway, go back to yours. Yeah, you you right. could see the structures as well. Yeah, and mm. I just I I always loved patterns mm. as a child, so everything was numbers. I mean, I don't know what they might call it these days. I probably they would have some name for it, right? Autism. Autism. Right. So <laughs> from from no, not saying whatever that it autism. is, it's autism. Right? Lloyd, uh, just to let you know, um, we just realised you're autistic. So. Yeah. Ah, brilliant, brilliant, nice. but in a good way. You're just on the <laughs> spectrum, right? Okay, As everyone great, is. Great, great. So what's interesting about that is that, like when I was walking, I used to put right foot over one line, left foot go over the next line, mm. all these sorts of things. Mm. Apparently now it means you're a lunatic for more or less. But, but so they have labels for everything these days, right? But slightly off topic. So when it comes back to what I'm doing with this book is understanding that the reason why we feel this way about ourselves is because when we were children, through the eyes of a child, we made decisions and agreements with ourselves and the world about the way things are. Mm-hmm. But we were a child, so what yeah. the hell do we know? Right? Mm-hmm. We don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Just absorbing things from people around us because we've got a subconscious mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So depending on what uh, part of, of psychology or thought that you take your conclusions from, the way I understand it is that the subconscious mind is developed I suppose it's called the superego in, in psychology, before you're seven years old. Mm-hmm. It's the id. 
it, it is it is before uh, you you get older, and then um, your ego is developed because then the super ego of society and culture and your family and that imposes their will upon you and says no these parts of you should be repressed and you shouldn't be ah. them and then so your ego is created to mediate between your desires which is the eight which is before seven okay. and then the super ego then is society's values that you're trying to live up to right okay so in in the model that I use is that the subconscious mind is developed before the age of realization, which is six or seven thereabouts, and that you have a subconscious mind that is deductive, which means it doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not, and it mm-hmm. just absorbs whatever's being told and accepts it as real. Santa yeah. Claus, so on. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Money's the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. So you, as you grow, subconsciously you're having this going on. Your conscious mind can decide what it focuses on. Mm-hmm. But your subconscious mind controls 95% of your <clears throat> habitual behavior. Yeah. So when I was talking about knowing, knowing is our, intu- our intellectual mind and our intuitive mind is essentially the master. Yeah. You know, the, it's the gift. Mm-hmm. But we've created a society that's dismissed the gift and now honors the servant. Which yes. Is the, the, yeah. And my whole current pathway in life is to decondition people to their... Um, over reasoned way of of, of, right. of approaching things because at the end of the day it's our intu- intuition that's making the decisions and then we reason afterwards to try and justify the decisions right, we're actually right. making like I ate this Mars bar for this reason well really it wasn't you it was your desire that ate the Mars bar <laughs> and now it's your reason that's trying to justify the fact that you've eaten that Mars right, bar right right yeah and so what people are dealing with is a series of emotions being brought up based on the actions that they're taking that mm-hmm. they can't claim responsibility for because they don't know why they're doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're recurrently doing it. So what I teach people is to recurrently do different actions mm-hmm. based on having different thoughts, and we do that through uh, repetition. This is so, why when Jesus was on the cross, he said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Yeah. Literally, they don't they understand don't themselves. Right. They don't understand their motivations. They don't understand their ego. And they're like, they're making these things coming from a point of view where they feel righteous. Mm-hmm. And yet they totally don't know what they're doing. Sorry. Right, right. So they're, they're, they're trying to do their best from their level of consciousness. Yeah. So it's important to remember they are trying to do their best. Yeah. It's not like people are like out to of course damage not, no. one another. <clears throat> but in situations where things are toxic or some emotions where people have felt as children are being brought into relationships with their parents, their kids, their mm-hmm. spouse, and all those things. It becomes very destructive and they don't know how to get out because yep. they're in reactionary mode all the time. Mm-hmm. So we teach people how to respond, how to decide what we genuinely want based on our core value system, yeah. and then create a mission statement. So a life purpose statement, first of all, then a self-image statement, then life goals, and then also who I attract mm-hmm. into my life. So both personally and then in a business sense. Mm-hmm. So your ideal client, you should have who I attract and in present tense, in detail, exactly the type of person that you want to attract. And you'll mm-hmm. notice they start to appear. Yeah. I think if you can get people to take the big picture approach to their life and bring that into every moment, it can be really life changing rather than drifting, you know. Right. Um, Now, again, we talked about this just before we came in here, but the day to day, moment to moment 
has to coincide with the big picture because mm-hmm. if one is off kilter then if you're only living for the future you're you're always living for the future and then you're going to lose track of things and right. if you don't have a future goal well then you're just drifting and you're not really you're 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 going right. to come come up and walk off a cliff at some point but which is more important then the moment to moment or the the, the bigger picture I'll let Lo- Lloyd and Crystal and Sharon take over there it's a it's a very good question but I'm going to I'm going to give the <laughs> There's wonderful people to chance to respond before me. Right, I will. I I will start off with just again. I'm still reading that book by Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> a new Earth, by the way. A new Earth. So you are a new Eckhart Tolle at the moment. I am. I'm Sharhart. Okay, Sharhart Sh- Tolle. Um, <laughs> so the chapters that we, uh, me and Mark kind of read, I read it out to him like a bedtime story. Um, <laughs> he was basically saying that, and, and correct me if I if I say it wrong, Mark, because you listen to it too. Um, the moment to moment, so inner purpose and outer purpose, they do have to, they have, yeah, they have to coincide. But it's the presence, being present, there's only now. So the now is the most important part and everything else then is secondary. So inner purpose is first, which is everything you're doing in the present moment. And then the outer purpose is um, like, uh, give us a goal there. Mm-hmm. What type of goal would you want um I don't hitting a sales target yeah just relating to me that's secondary so it's like if you're focusing on the now and bringing awareness to everything you're doing in the present moment quality improves and again things just like you said things just appear and things will happen and it's all about I'm doing a really bad job of it but if you saw Eckhart's way of explaining it you're comparing yourself to Eckhart Tolle without anybody else realising but you're sound you're great you sound moment, fantastic so but I want I'm sh- I want to be Eckhart Tolle <laughs> <laughs> what, what that we, is my goal <laughs> what, what we can be in danger of doing is comparing our chapter 3 to someone else's chapter yeah. exactly right that's well, a, no, it's just, like it's place. not that I'm comparing. I just don't want to do him an injustice of his wonderful book. But basically, be present. Act from complete awareness in the now. There only ever is the now. Time is a concept. And that will lead to better quality of relationships, quality of work. And things will then flow in abundance and things will start appearing in your life. And obviously, you still have to keep in sight your secondary goal or your outer purpose as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is secondary to everything. That's basically what he's saying. So there, Sean. Inner purpose and being present and in the now is the most important, according to him. That's what I suspected. Yes. (laughs) Glad you understood. (laughs) I I have, uh, I suppose, just been listening recently to Joe Dispenza quite a lot, right? I know the name, but I can't picture him. Dr. Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a pretty, pretty interesting guy, right? So... He is a neuroscientist. He deals with neuroplasticity and a number of other things. But basically, he's been putting... He he talks about the quantum field quite a lot. Yeah. And he talks about the fact that we can either look and use the past for a sense of meaning in the present, Mm -hmm. or we can use a vision of the future to direct our actions in the present Mm. towards that goal or that feeling, and and generally a feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're using the quantum field by getting heart-mind coherence. Which essentially makes puts us on the vibration of the universe. Same waves, yeah. So if you go into Zen mm-hmm. Buddhism or mm-hmm. Daishin in Nichiren Buddhism, if you want to be specific, they got something called Nam Myo Horinge Hyo, which is a a, a mantra. mantra yeah. But yeah. it basically means the rhythm of the universe. So mm-hmm. it vibrates you here and yeah. it creates that resonance between the two. Mm-hmm. So I suppose uh, I don't know. Does that answer the question? 
If you do this before you come to the the realization of awareness and who you actually are fundamentally, as you said, and not using your your mind as you as mm-hmm. and, and the tool running the actual program. Sorry, you know what I mean. The tool mm-hmm. running the 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 being rather than the other way around. Right. Then the 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 goals you set then are going to be off. And I think if you first come to the awareness of that. Then you follow that process you're saying, which is the goal setting, and that. Yeah, then you're going to have your intention. Yeah, going yeah. I suppose because what people do is they have they do. So Bob Proctor, mm-hmm. who, who was in the Secret, and, and yeah. I studied a lot of his work. Mm. He says that there's three types of goals: A type, mm. B type, and C type goals. So A type goals are you doing something that you already know how to do, mm-hmm. such as who drives car in here? Mm. <laughs> what do you drive? What? What do you drive? I drive a Mitsubishi. How old is it? It's two years. <laughs> did you buy it new? No. Okay. I so did. I'm still paying for it though. <laughs> right. Let's, let's imagine it was a brand new car, right? Yes. And you tell me I want to own a Mitsubishi car. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, how, when did you buy your car? Your answer is two years, right? Yeah. Was it new when you bought it? Yes. Yeah. So you've known for two years how to buy that car. So it's not a goal. There's no growth involved. Mm-hmm. That's an A-type goal, right? Mm-hmm. So a B-type goal would be if I do this degree... Mm-hmm. And this, this, and this happens, then I can have that. Mm-hmm. It's a B-type goal. It's exciting when you get there for about six months and then you go, <laughs> right, so just got another job. This is great. So, but a C-type goal is based on fantasy. So when we're a child, we're told, stop looking out the window, start paying attention. But we don't actually want to pay attention because we're having great fun looking out the window. Mm-hmm. We were using our creative imagination, which mm-hmm. is where every advance of man has ever come from. Mm-hmm. Everything we're looking at right now was an idea before it was a physical thing. Yeah. You don't just build a house, grab a four by four, a couple of nails and say, right, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. You've got an architect. Yeah. He'll do the drawings first. They know where the light's going to come from. They know what materials are going to use. The lay of the land, everything long before they go in and build the foundations. Yeah, Einstein talked about it all the time, about how basically all his his ideas and theories and that just kind of come out of nowhere. Right. You know, mm. uh, now obviously there's a there's a method into getting into that space where things come out of nowhere, but it's 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 really a, a creative, intuitive type of thing. Right, right. Yeah. And it's at that. Who is the guy who apparently created electri- the electricity? Tesla. Tesla. No, the, the guy who claimed Edison. Edison. Right? Yeah. The guy who took the credit for it. Yeah, right? he did. He did DC direct current. Right. He got AC. Right. Yeah. Right. So he had an, a, a thing where he used to hold. A, a ball and have a metal uh, kind of tray underneath and he would nod off to sleep and at the moment just as he fell asleep when it hit the thing he would have all his best ideas so the idea there being that in that space between Waking consciousness yes yeah, lucid dreaming basically mm. right? so they say that if you listen to <clears throat> Neville Goddard mm. right so he talks about feeling is the secret mm-hmm. and gratitude is the key and all that sort of stuff but he also says that uh, sleep is the subconscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and that as you go in there, the last thought that you have before you fall asleep will dictate what happens, what happens. in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And your subconscious controls 95% of what you're going to do the next day and every other day. Yeah, So I've, you can reprogram yourself by that. You know? um, as, you, as you were saying, I've been waking up, Sharon can attest to this, probably 2 a.m. every night. Um, over the last while now it's it's coinciding with probably if I have a magic mushroom trip then generally for two to three days afterwards I'll be awake at 2am just randomly wake up and just have mad insights just coming into my head just things clicking out of nowhere something that I might have heard when I was five suddenly makes sense to me mm. um, <clears throat> simple words of song suddenly take on a new meaning as well as new ways of looking at problems and that lasts for two or three hours until it's somehow goes away and then I'm back in my normal conscious and then I struggle to get back to sleep but you're right it's the sub the subconscious mind becomes available through dreams but the problem is then when we wake up because it is subconscious which means it is inaccessible to the conscious mind mm-hmm. unless it be- moves into the pre-conscious but that's another talk about that but um, because it's unconscious generally unless we're in that waking period where you either purposely wake yourself up or for some reason you get woken up you've no access to the insights that, that that arise from it unless you're in this strange in-between place. Or unless you develop, develop habits that mm. are conducive to catching that information yeah, while it's yeah, still yeah. available. Mm. <clears throat> so there are ways that you can do that through masterminding. Now, this is pretty out there. That's what I love out there. I want to, <laughs> I want to clear me. this up before I begin. Jump off a cliff. Let's do it. So <laughs> if you've read a book uh, called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, uh, it's a it's a follow on from a previous book called the Sixteen Laws of Success, mm-hmm. which is a follow on of a previous book written in nineteen oh seven called The Science of Getting Rich. But basically, it's not actually about money, mm. although it sounds like it. Uh, it's about the methods that people put in, in people who've been very successful in the world have employed to to get that level of success, and one of them is the concept of a mastermind. Now, ordinarily, you would imagine a mastermind is people like us. We're having a mastermind right now. So we've got the combined intelligence, combined uh, knowledge, combined energy, mm-hmm. combined life force, and also the quantum field that's going on in here. Mm-hmm. It's probably all around UCB mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now just because we're having this conversation. Apart from the fact it's on the radio going through waves no one can see and all that <laughs> weird <laughs> stuff. But, but so... You can also have a mastermind with people in your own head who you don't have to know who don't have to be alive either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is totally agree. where it gets a little bit unusual, right? So let's imagine you've got a problem at work. Mm-hmm. You go into your mastermind in a, bla- in a dark room and you get the problem. You write it out on a piece of paper and you turn it around. You push it in front of one of the people that you've decided is going to be in your virtual mastermind mm-hmm. and they solve it for you. Wow. And you used your knowledge of their way of thinking mm-hmm. to solve your problem. Now, I'm not going to take the, the, the critical view because if I was to play devil's advocate, the questions would be very simple for me to be like, oh, that's silly or this is why it's silly because of X, Y and Z. Mm-hmm. But again, I've taken ayahuasca. Um, I've de- dipped my finger and toes into areas of... Uh, paranormal so to speak stuff that that people would consider this way but let's bring it back to Jungian psychology even so Jung would say that once you process your personal let's use the Buddhist term karma which is just your your own action and Mm -hmm. the 
the consequences of your own action internally in your life. Once you've addressed that and you move beyond that, then you start coming into contact with the collective unconscious, which is the unconscious of humanity in general. And that stretches back to the beginning of time. And so theoretically, you know, I haven't accessed any of the things you're talking about, but theoretically, any information that the human race has ever come across is available to us. Yeah, it's also known as the Akashic Records. Mm. Yes. I would go one step further now. Mm. So all of the information that ever will be yeah, exactly. that exists in or out of the consciousness of yeah. the human race is also there and available and just waiting. Mm-hmm. True. So the idea <laughs> for the internet was always there. Mm-hmm. People just didn't have the tools yet mm-hmm. to access that potentiality. So there's lots of other things going on that we're not privy to. Mm-hmm. Sean, yes. you're, you're a good critic. Come on. You can take the critical role here. Don't don't be afraid of being rude. Just no, I, I can't think of anything too critical. There's something that um, sort of you talk about Buddhism, but mm. I think I don't. Don't they say something about um, all of time is like contained within the present moment? Yeah. I don't know what yeah. that means, but it sounds like something like like it coincides with what you're saying. But yeah, because time is just a concept. Mm-hmm. So, but like the future and the past. Is it, are they saying which in the past are all contained within right now? It's it, this is. I, I think probably Lloyd could answer this one best by the sound of your your knowledge base. But when all of um, human history, past and future, are only contained in the human mind, and when you're silent in the moment, basically you're in that eternal space where there's no there's no language, there's no idea of past and future. Mm-hmm. They're only ideas. Then just everything that is available is available. So yeah. if we're going to try and think of it in terms of, oh, will I be able to like hang out with Napoleon? I think it might be a, a different <laughs> space than that. It's a little bit more profound and so, a little bit so, more abstract and harder mm-hmm. to talk about yeah. because you have to lose all of your ideas where this, this sort of a space of but, exists. I mean, you know? I understand that like awareness would be eternal, but... Uh, the finite sort of world, though. No, I yeah. don't. The finite world is linear, so we see things yeah. in a linear uh, fashion. So that's where the t- concept of time comes from, and uh, that's why we have this desire to create labels and create structure because everything again is linear, and we're trying to fit things into boxes. That's the finite being. When you're in the infinite being, then time is no longer a concept it's just all one thing and that's why we see these abstract structures within like a psychedelic experience because it's all one mm-hmm. all one being maybe yeah. maybe i could share, <laughs> yeah, jump in. share a psychedelic experience <laughs> maybe that'd be nice yeah so <coughs> so i was living in santiago de chile mm. in south america and i decided that i would do <coughs> ayahuasca for the first time um not really knowing what to expect i've Taken magic mushrooms a couple of thousand times, so I had a that bit was of smart. An idea. That was a smart start. <laughs> I had a, a bit of an idea, so in terms of opening up neural pathways and that type of thing, but I was not prepared for this. So, <laughs> Mark just said this to me earlier because I said, hey, I'm thinking about ayahuasca now. <laughs> oh, calm down, Joe. Calm down, calm down. Yeah, so. But I, it was, I was thoroughly enjoyable, but it was, it was incredibly profound. So, I went to a place called Cajon del Maipo, which is in the mountains near the border with Argentina. And it was in a retreat. Everyone's wearing white gowns and stuff, right? Which is pretty cool. (laughs) And then the the whole room was pitch black. So I've done it in Ireland, by the way, and it wasn't treated the same way. And therefore, I didn't have as much. I didn't have the same experience. But then again, your first is always your first and stuff like that. 
but it just didn't measure up at all. Um, and so it was in complete darkness. So as you can imagine, if you were to take mushrooms, for example, mm. in complete darkness where you're isolated and there's somebody singing at the top of their lungs while rattling things you can't see, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it would be pretty same, full on. Right? Same, same experience. <laughs> it would be pretty full on. So some of the tribes in South America do it in the dark. Other ones do it as something where it's more communal. Mm-hmm. Everybody's about as far away as we are, so what, maybe two feet away. You have a wow, bucket under the chair. See, for purging. For purging. Right? <laughs> I wish um, I had a chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, and then they sanctified the space and then they blew tobacco up your nose and then snort tobacco, liquid tobacco and all sort of stuff. And then you got you to gotta take the ayahuasca from your le- with your left hand because it's the heart, side of the heart. And then if you take and you don't not ready yet after the first second song, you have to request medicina if you want to have some more because you need to take a little bit more, right? So at the time I thought, okay, well I'm here anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> Man, the story is eerily uh, similar to mine. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, I think it's a Celtic behavior. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ah, should be grand. Give us a bit more of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> give us three. Exactly same. <laughs> Give us three, please. Yeah, they, they didn't give me three, but I, I, I had a, I had the second one. This is like before I had ascended or descended, depending on what you look at. And uh, anyway, so I had the other one. Six, seven, eight, maybe ten seconds later, the world turned inside out. So I was up to my chest in the primordial mud of the. Uh, yeah, what's that big? The Amazon River, right? But there's no river there yet. It's a sludge, and I'm up to here, right? And I'm speaking to the Pachamama, who, which is a, the grandmother of all plants, which is where ayahuasca comes from. Mm. And there's all this crazy singing going on, and there's all colours everywhere. But then I sink under the, under the ground, which is not <laughs> freaking me out, by the way. Okay, right. Okay, <laughs> and then suddenly I'm a seed. Right, exactly right. So I can smell potassium, I can taste calcium, all these types of things that can't be possible in the sense of who being a human and all that. And then we, I say we because I'm conscious of all these different elements and their smells and I can feel Mm. them feeling me and etc. And then roots go out in every direction. From you. Mm -hmm. And then... If you ever put your hand into mud, you can feel it everywhere on your mm-hmm. hand, but I can feel it everywhere on every route. Oh, wow. For 15,000 kilometers in every direction. <laughs> oh, my God. As they branch, 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 and they continue to branch. Like, it's pretty That's mad. overwhelming, <laughs> would be a mild, roots. mild way of putting it. So, so then this went on anyway, and then there was more shaking. And then. As in, as in someone rattling, or are you shaking yourself? Like your body shaking. Well, I wasn't conscious of the body. Okay. So, okay, great. Uh, so you were a seed. I was a seed. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the seed is shaking. The seed is shaking. And then, then a, a, a shoot comes up and then goes to the surface. Mm-hmm. Hits the surface. There's no foliage <clears throat> to protect it, so it burns. Mm. But the other ones are coming up so fast that eventually they create a canopy so I can feel both the heat of the sun on the top and the mild heat on the bottom. 
Whoa. because I am all of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. This went on and on. I, I, it, I could go on. It went on for a very long time. <coughs> Through the birth of civilization, the entire way up to me sitting in the chair. I was not really prepared for that, as you can appreciate. <laughs> How were you prepared for that? How were you not prepared for that? Right. Now, on, now, <laughs> when you said this went on for a very long time, did yeah. you feel like you lived several lifetimes in this space, which can be quite scary if that's what you had experienced? Mm, well, not only did I live lifetimes, I was people also through that time. Yeah. But so, as in, did you feel like you'd been gone for hundreds of years when you returned or, or no, you had a kind of strange just time distortion? Not really, no. I felt like I had been gifted yeah. a memory of the entire of life on Earth. Amazing. Yeah. but And so I was trying, I had to leave the next day. I'm like walking around, how do I, how? Do I, how? <laughs> how do I move on? <laughs> supposed to communicate with the rest of humanity after yeah. this experience. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I say? Even? Like, can I talk about this? Mm. I find it difficult to communicate with people from small doses of magic mushrooms. <laughs> so I can't right. imagine right, as being right. a seed and the whole of the universe and life it from was, the beginning. It was very strange, yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't know. I feel uh, blessed. <coughs> it depends on who you are and how you might view that term. Mm. But I yeah, feel. You've, you've gra- you got grace. You got some grace. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I feel very grateful for that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was after that. To answer your earlier question, how that book happened. Oh, wow. So I came back from South America and uh, the lady who co-wrote the book with me, Jackie Carroll, had created uh, or started the process of creating the first ever virtual reality vision board. So where you can literally put goggles on instead of trying to visualize your ideal world, your ideal life, with your eyes closed. 8% 8% of the world can't see in pictures, apparently, mm. for, for, first of all. And then the majority of people can't stick on one image. just changes all the time because we have a lack of focus, right? Mm. It's just because we don't. We haven't practiced yeah. will, willpower. Mm. Candle staring. Yeah. It's one of your six higher faculties, which is what we go into in the mm-hmm. book, which is one of which is the creative imagination. But when she had been writing the book with a friend of hers, her friend had said she didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, too excited. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, since you didn't want to do it anymore, I was like, oh, really? I'll write it with you. (laughs) (laughs) And so it evolved from there. Yeah, Nice. We decided we were going to do a course to help people to, first of all, focus on not just the goal, but their life's purpose, then get rid of a lot of the things that are holding people back from living their full selves Mm -hmm. and... uh, and going into the higher faculties of the mind, the seven universal laws, how they apply, all that sort of stuff, hmm. uh, which is on the Emerald Tablet, which I'm sure you've heard of. Nope. No. I've heard of it, but I, I've never actually looked into it. But I, I actually was told by a lovely man to, to read more into the Emerald Tablet. I never did it. Sorry. Okay, so it's Hermes Trigesterus. Yeah, I've read a lot about her of Hermetics, all right. Right. I haven't heard about the Emerald Tablet, though. Right, it's just where he wrote down the seven laws, universal laws, right? Uh, Long before any of the current predominant world views of religions came Pretty much all religion is based off his stuff. Um, Not all of it, but most of it. Well, there's a lot of commonalities if you look closely. Is he an ancient Greek or Roman or something? Before. Before that. 
Hermes. Oh, Hermes. Yeah. Oh, okay. From yeah. that region of the... All yeah. the four, all the three major religions came from within 200 kilometers of one another in the Middle East. Hermetics is pretty much underground now because it's it's adopted a lot by the occult. A lot of occult stuff will go into Hermetics. And so that's kind of somewhat brandished it with a bit of a scary brush to a lot of people. Mm. So people try and stay away from that. But really, there's huge knowledge in there. Huge knowledge. Anyway. Right, right. Universal laws, when applied properly, shouldn't go against the rights of other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, you can apply whatever you want, you however can you like. Flip everything upside down, yeah. Which it's is freedom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> often knowledge in the wrong hands can be somewhat dangerous. So, mm-hmm. I mean, knowledge itself is not power. Applied knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. knowing what the seven universal laws are and applying them are not the same thing. Same way as not having a degree in commerce doesn't mean you know how to make any money, mm-hmm. yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so so that's sort of what we teach. And then we created a course which mm-hmm. came in 18 seconds to me. Mm. And I wrote the course mm. based off an 18-second experience. Which Fantastic. Cool, yeah. yeah, so we brought maybe... We're bringing a, a group through that course at the moment. Uh, you might put that that uh, link mm. in there as well um, I maybe 40 people through it since since the beginning of last year mm. I'm really disappointed that we don't have more time this time this mm. is one of the podcasts of that podcasts really could have gone for three hours mm. uh, and unfortunately we only have one yeah. well, we which will, is really, we will, really we will annoying soon. what's the name of the book Where? Visualization to Realization Using Your Imagination to Keep on Your Path to Success by Jackie Carroll and Lloyd Chambers if anyone's interested is this in bookshops no. Okay. It's on Amazon. Okay. okay. If you want a signed copy, you can come and find me. Most of the best books aren't on on a lot of shops. I actually, you've I've got the book beside my bed at the moment that I only yeah. just touched on. It's called the the. I think it's the secret of all ages. I think it's called, yeah, and it's all it hermetics and, and all right, that kind of stuff right, as well. Right. So I'm, t- I'm just trying to get into that myself at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of knowledge in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge book. Mm. Where can the people find you? Uh, all the social media. Plug it now. Plug it now. Plug mm. it now. Okay, so... Um, matrix. Yeah, on Twitter is to see is to have. Okay. Uh, on uh, Facebook, you'll find me at Mr. Lloyd Chambers. Mm-hmm. Not too hard to find. There's a picture of me with Russell Brand in the picture. Right? Nice. We're holding my book, funny enough. So, oh, wow. Which is funny because he's holding it with his hand over the two names. So it, looks like <laughs> it, says, it looks like I just got a signature on That's his book. That's what I thought. I yeah. looked at it right. and I was like, that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah. whoever designed it, which mm. was not me, mm. put, they could have put the names on the yeah, other side. That wouldn't have happened. Mm. It's kind of... Yeah, I'll have to get lefties from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know you're plugging at the moment, and, and we'll definitely give you time to do that. But tell us as briefly as you can about we we touched on it at the very start. You were in Vegas, got right. an award for what in particular, and now you're going to South Africa. Right. So I got an award for helping 14 people build a successful business in the alkaline coffee industry. Okay, that was for the coffee industry. Fantastic. Mm-hmm, yeah, and now I'm going to South Africa. Why? Because. Organo are creating opportunity for people because it's a franchise online business. And our CEO, who was talking in Vegas, was saying that he got a phone call. I can't remember the title that they have in South Africa, but the equivalent of the governor of Texas, right? okay. so a pretty important person, rings him up and says, thank you so much for what you've done with Organo here. 
because you've created 3,000 economic opportunities in, mm-hmm. in, in South Africa since the 6th of October till the end of the year. The mining industry were 600. So I'm going to South Africa to go and, and, and bring that opportunity to people in South Africa. And they don't have any problems with money down there, right? mm-hmm. except for they, they need more of it, right? Mm. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's why I'm going to South Africa. Nice. Um, two minutes. So, do, do you want to do you want to talk about um, the? Uh, sorry, you want to? Yeah. So just get get it out there. Your Instagram as well. Yeah. Instagram is. I think you changed the lens. You changed the lens. Yeah. And then also you can find me on Instagram under Lloyd's Coffee Corner. And um, the, just one more time, the the website as well. Yeah. Uh, it's changethelens.myorganogold.com. Cool. Very cool. Well, it was my pleasure, Lloyd. Thanks for coming. Lloyd. Honestly, if if you can find time to come back again, we could do this three or four times because you're a knowledgeable man, and we'd love to have a more group conversation as well because this was all about you and that was fantastic. But I'm sure that like if we have input from everybody and we throw questions at you and you throw questions at us, we have some serious conversations in here. So and I only live around the corner. Oh, amazing, oh, amazing. <laughs> and hopefully now. Uh, Sorry, UCD guys, but hopefully once uh, this gets shut down, we'll have access to another studio and we'll keep this thing rolling as yeah, well we through, that throughout coming, the summer. So, so. Uh, yeah, soon. Are you expecting to be shut down any moment? Just the door get kicked in? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it says finish up at 58 minutes and we're at 59 now. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's all say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, guys. guys. Bye. I'm really sad that it's over. Anyway, no, it's um, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you again soon. And uh, thanks to Sharon. Thanks to Sean, thanks to Christo, and thanks to Lloyd. <laughs> Thank and you. we'll see you all guys next week. Thanks a lot for tuning Bye. in. Good luck.